0: Welcome to the family with
1: Ralph Dovash, MD Hackmaster.
2: Alex Brampernard Rasmussen. Co-host Catherine Brandt.
0: <laughs> and Andy Brampernard. What do you do? We'll be right back. Dr. <laughs> Jacqueline Jones will join us right after this with the family. Tom here from my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. eagles are coming to town this year yeah what is it april 4th and april 5th i think is that when they're coming i think i don't remember exactly but yeah they're coming to town let me know when dr jones is ready to go she is ready oh she's ready now okay excellent Mm -hmm. dr jacqueline jones how you doing
3: good how are you
0: marvelous thanks for asking medical parenting how to navigate health wellness and the Absolutely, medical parenting—how to navigate health, wellness, and the medical system with your child. Medical parenting is the essential guide for parents to take control of their child's health, from choosing a pediatrician to helping children transition into adulthood. Uh, so, where do you want to start, Dr. Jones? We've got a lot to talk about here today.
3: <laughs> Wonderful. Well, one of the things that parents are always interested in is how do they choose a pediatrician, and that's a great place to sort of start off because it's a wonderful place to think about what you need in your life and all of us need to think about that what you need in your life to make this easier for you and that's one of the things that I address in my book is how to choose a pediatrician
0: well then how do you I mean I'm I'm sure there are several different criteria and it depends on what fits you right
2: well aren't you usually stuck with what your insurance plan does
0: really
3: important So one of the most important things I ask parents in my book to think about is what works for you? What do you need? Do you need a pediatrician where you're going to see the same pediatrician for most of your visits or your first-time mom and need more support? Or is this your third child and you got this and you just need a little support? That's going to help you in choosing your practice. You know, if you're a first-time mom and you want to see the same pediatrician, maybe you want to think about a smaller practice or an independent practice um, or even one of the concierge practice, which is one of the newer models. If you're a third-time mom and you got this, you know, a bigger practice where you may see, you know, different doctors, but obviously all those doctors are going to have similar philosophies. So that's one of the first things you need to think about, big versus small. You know, I live in New York City, so there's probably about, you know, three pediatricians for every block. So, you know, we have a lot of choices here, but if you live, um, you know, in a rural Nevada, you know, you may have only one or two practices in, in your town. So what options do you have? So that's another choice that's there. Um, and, and the third choice is, again, research. You know, anytime we choose anything, it's great to have research. So... Looking online, but you have to realize that, you know, most of the people who post online are the people who had a bad experience. So you've got to put that in, you know, in your, your, your filter, um, going to the state medical society, looking at hospital reviews, and, and really get to knowing the practice before you go. And one of the most important things that I tell parents, if you can fit it in your schedule before your baby is born, go and visit the practice. So many of the practices have meet and greet sessions where you can go and meet the practitioners, take a look at the practice, meet the support staff, and really sort of know what you're getting into before you sign up for that practice.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense, Doctor Basham. What do you think? I,
1: uh, I would agree with all those things. I think that you know, customizing you know your care, but the other part of it, part of it is that you know you want somebody who's going to give you the best care possible. And that person may or may not have. They may bring the best intellect, the best problem solving, but they may not have the best personality. So you have to be very, you have to be careful about you know going to someone who you like. You're not yeah. you're not making a friend here. You want somebody's going to give you quality care on a consistent basis, um, and that is, and I think that's as important or more important than some of the other things.
2: Well, but then you have to like them too, because I have so many friends that have young kids, and a lot of them have changed pediatricians because they're like. They just have no bedside manner and no, know, they just have no you know it's like the whole turn and burn thing like we're just trying to get as many patients in here as possible so we're just going to like give you antibiotics and send you on your way and not really give two shits about what's actually going on
1: but you still want the best care possible well yeah if but I, I mean if but i I'm choose, if i have to choose between someone who's in, who's who's i uh, likeable and blah 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 blah, or someone who's going to give the best medical care possible, who's who's not a has great has not have good bedside manner. I'm choosing the person with a poor bedside manner well, yeah. because I want the best care.
2: Well, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you want the
3: both if you
1: can. Good luck. And, yeah,
3: I have. Wondered, I love my pediatrician, and that sometimes takes research to find yeah. that. And and you know, and I, I do think you can find it more and more, but it, it takes time and, and effort.
1: Yeah, and I, and, and I always and I always. I always think that you should start with your other physicians that you trust. So if you're, a new, if you're a new mother and you've just gone through, you know, a year, nine months to a year of care with your obstetrician, you might want to visit with them. You might want to see what their past experiences is, are with the uh, care uh, near you. And I think that that's a, a great place to start because they know who's doing a good job.
3: Absolutely, and and, Dr. Bashan, that's such a big, great point to bring up because if you had a great experience with your obstetrician, you you want someone who's going to have similar philosophy and ways that they care for the patient. So, you know, using your obstetrician as one of the first, you know, points in getting referrals is a great way to start.
0: I can see that. Um, What I really like about this, and I have to ask you, Dr. Jones, you know, when that young woman was talking about taking her kids as a pediatrician. Just now, yes. Um, could you tell? Could you tell by your attitude that she's my daughter?
3: <laughs> <laughs> is she really? That's how lucky are you? That's wonderful, uh, wonderful to get to talk to your daughter every day. I just get to get the text with
0: mine. <laughs> and my son, our, the, our, Kath, my wife is on the show. Our sons on the show. Our daughters on the show. This the show was started so we could all work together.
3: That's um, great.
0: Really enjoy it. Exactly. Our Pete. Right. Dr. Jones, are people closer to their children now than they were, say, uh, in the in the when the baby boomers uh, were children? Were they all that close to their parents? Uh, certainly not as close as they are now, right?
3: You know, I think it's a different closeness. You know, I wouldn't say yeah, that. You know, our parents or you know, we you with know, our children any more or less than, than parents do now. But I think there's a different level of. of Um, involvement in in children Um, you know I think it's a different world than when I grew up and and kids have a lot more stressors on them and parents have a lot more stressors on them you know I have a, a big pediatric practice and I probably saw four teenagers 11th graders this morning all with stress related disorders and you know their parents are there and their stress is only making their kids stress more so it's it's a difficult time for, for parents and for kids because there is so much stress on these kids that we just didn't have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, involvement is different.
1: And, and Doctor, what, what's causing the stress?
3: You know, I think it's both internal stress and external stress. I think that kids now, you know, they have this view that they all have to go to the best possible college yep. that they can, and there's only, you know, 10 of those best possible colleges And so many of them are at so much stress that they're putting on themselves to succeed. And then parents have a view that their kids need to be as successful and as motivated and uh, follow their path. Um, So there's both internal stress and external stress. So it's hard on kids. I don't know about you, Dr. Basham, but do you remember ever, like, studying for the SATs? I think I did, but I'm not really sure. And, you know, my kids, you know, they, they took, you know, SAT prep courses for months and months on end.
1: So it's just so much. Is this, is this a fallout from telling children that they can do anything that they want? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it because what you're saying is,
4: oh, you can go, you're going to be able to go to do anything you want, anything you want. And that mm-hmm. anything is never electrician or plumber. That's it's right. Always it's always the person who's going to it's run going to the electricians. It's so
3: difficult because... We want to be supportive of our children, but on the other hand, sometimes we don't let them fail. And all of us who are older know that failure is one of the things that made us stronger. You know, not succeeding made all of us say, "Okay, I did succeed at that. Okay, let me pick myself up and go ahead and figure out how I get over the hurdle, and I make the best of it." And many times, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm talking a good talk, but I did the same thing. We went in, we run in and say, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You know, I remember, like, my kids would forget their tennis rackets. You know, they had tennis after school. You know, they forget their tennis rackets. And, you know, I would call from work in the middle of my patient day and say, Oh, the babysitter, can you run up and bring, you know, Peter his tennis racket? Should he have just missed tennis and have to, like, coach yell at him? No, no, no. I ran and brought it to him, like, once a week. So, you know, I talk a good talk. But, uh, you know, we're all guilty. In it, and it's hard. It didn't create independence and, and self-reliance and
1: think we're seeing that now with a lot of kids yeah but when, when one experience that does come to mind for me is when i when i was in ninth grade i played football and i said oh i'm gonna do this varsity thing i'm gonna do this 10th grade thing and i went out and i went to the practices for about a week or so and i got a point and i said man i want no parts of this and i just came home <laughs> uh in the middle of one of these practices or you know during the midday break i got home and i thought my dad was be, be disappointed and he looked at me he goes oh Thank God you stopped. I didn't want you to do it anyhow.
3: <laughs> and perfect, so, perfect.
1: So, re- so really, you know, the children, they're, not, they're uncertain about what their parents' response is going to be. And they may be shocked at what that response is, and it might be far more supportive than they feared.
3: We so hope. And, you know, as parents, that's what we really want to foster is, you know, realizing what your child's passion is and what they want to do and not fa- foster your own wishes on them. Let them follow their own path, whatever it may be.
0: Um, is that safe, though, to let them follow their own path? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about that. Like, well, Wait a minute. you have
3: teenagers, <laughs> you know that no matter what you you tell them, they're not going to do what you tell They're not going to follow the path that you want them to follow. Um, no. So, I mean, I'm a physician. One of my children is an anthropologist and the other is a filmmaker. Like, wouldn't I have loved them to go into medicine or law? They have a little bit more stable right. job, but... No. <laughs> yeah. It, so, but they following their love. passion and they're happy, and that's all I want for them.
1: So. Yeah, and that's okay. and my my kids kind of did the same way. They decided yeah. when they were fourteen they wanted to be actors. So right. you know we're and, and and to enabling enable the behavior. We schlep them out to L.A. We get a house there. They're successful actors for a period of time. Now they're not. Well, one is not an actor anymore, but the other one is toying with the idea of going back to auditioning for commercials. So oh, that's
3: great. Okay. See, so there you go. You know.
0: You have to let them follow their dream and support them as much as you can. Yeah. I, I liked it. when I, I was just looking back, trying to compare you know, my experiences as a child and growing up and all the rest of it. And it was a little tougher back then because I do remember my high school counselor, Dr. Jones, <laughs> told me one day, sitting talking to her, you know, Tom, you should get a factory job because you got no shot. <laughs> I will never forget that. Which
2: motivated you
3: to be mm-hmm. successful in other areas. Absolutely. It motivated me. See? It
0: did. That would never yeah.
3: occur now. You know, they say, oh, oh like, God, you know, no. should be the president of the United States. No. And there's got to be something in between. There's got to be something where we can see a child's potential right. and help them reach it, but also not quash their, their their vision but also not put you know such pressure on them to do something that you know may not be what they want to do. And so it's, it's, it's difficult.
1: Times. It's interesting then in, in France, uh, w- that I'm familiar with, in France is that uh, when you're in the equivalent of about ninth or tenth grade, you know you are tested, and based on your results of your testing, you are then uh, according with the state's uh, state's encouragement uh, that you will end up in a certain program. To maximize your skill sets,
4: America used to do that, didn't they? Yeah, uh, the, uh, job uh, qualification or assessment or whatever, like 50 years.
1: ago. Yeah, but but there, the, the, you're so if you so if you don't do, you know, if if, if your skill set isn't um, uh, in an in intellectual pursuit or in in, in certain kinds of uh, college classes, then you are immediately switched into a, a program where you become uh, some sort of a uh, some sort of a um, uh, craftsman. Uh, yeah. And they and they match that and they support that, um, you know, vigorously through the state as well. So you're going to get a good job once you are, if you are a craftsman. You're going to get a good job if you're a doc. So you know they they sort it out themselves. But you know here everybody's going to be a president of the United States? Mm-hmm. No, 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 you're not.
3: <laughs> and it's well, difficult be because you know we all know uh, that a lot of kids don't reach their potential until they're you know in their mid twenties or even know what they want to do. So. It's difficult in our society to ask kids at eight, you know, 17 or 18 to say, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? You know, we'd have to really do a big cultural shift in putting more responsibility on kids earlier to have them be able to make that decision. So, you know, kudos to the French to do it, but I don't know how well it would work here.
0: Medical Parenting, How to Navigate Health, Wellness, and the Medical System with Your Child, Dr. Jacqueline Jones. The book is available everywhere, I'm certain. Certainly available on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Nook, all
3: sorts of places.
0: So. All sorts of places. Dr. Jones, no, thanks oh, for your time places. today. We, I, I learned a lot today. Thank you.
3: This is so interesting. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. Our great pleasure. Hope we talk again soon. We take shall care. take a Bye-bye. break. You too.
4: lasik results may vary talk to your whiting clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential
0: we're rocking out ladies and gentlemen or something like that rocking out baby (laughs) <laughs> yes, I did hit the post. Thank you very much for asking. Um, I have a question for everybody, and particularly for Dr. Basham. I understand now that Tylenol is considered a carcinogenic. What? A carcinogen. Did you see that? Well, the I amount an overdose of on
4: research it. done on Tylenol, I kind of doubt we'd be finding anything new about it.
2: Why well, is they it? Said that what? Yeah,
0: that's they're saying that all acetaminophen is carcinogenic.
2: Oh dear! I know there are a lot of people that say I, I don't know oh, much about it.
4: California is declaring it a carcinogen.
0: Uh oh, that yeah. changes. California,
4: literally everything is a carcinogen in California.
2: <laughs> it's true.
4: Literally you, you buy, everything. You buy? Yeah, you
2: buy? Yeah, I bought a lamp the other day for my desk, just a cheapy little yep. lamp. <laughs> So I could see. Prof, oh, it's banned in California. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's a known carcinogen in the state of California. A lamp? Yeah, a little plastic lamp.
4: Oh god. Oh Prop 65. God. Well, like, it's like the amount of on things it. <laughs> on that list. Nobody
1: could off-gas some minor molecule that could exactly. eventually. Eventually kill you.
4: It might, yeah. There might be (laughs) there might be one mole of formaldehyde left on it, so breathe that in, and and you're dead.
1: You know, California is just just trying to create a risk free environment, so there's no risks of anything at all.
4: It's good to list carcinogens, but like if something has, you know, if you have to drink a gallon of it to get a one percent increase in cancer, it's not really a carcinogen. I don't know. Yeah, look, that
0: would make look sense. Look at that.
4: Yeah, I'm. I you. They actually have a list of Prop sixty five things that, you know, you can look at everything on here, and it's just crazy what's on here.
1: And, and you now I, I always look back at the cyclamates. Oh, cyclamates are carcinogens. <laughs> oh, cyclamates right. are carcinogens. We got to pull all these things because you know I'm sorry, diabetics, you're not going to have that sweet flavor from these chemicals. because we gotta get these off the market, <laughs> we're going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And then. 30 years later, they said, or 35 years later, they said, oh, no, that's not a problem. That was all wrong. You
0: know, it, medicine
1: okay. and research, you know, can really be like a toilet seat, up and down, up and down, up and down.
0: So, so they, they destroyed an entire business yep. and they were wrong. Yep. How much longer are we going to be allowed to destroy people's lives and then go, oh, you know what, I was wrong? Because yeah. cool. you were paid to do that research, right? They yep. got paid big yep. dough for and, their papers.
1: And uh, you know New York City uh, just banned foie gras. The, the, the city banned foie. Gras, so they, no the restaurants are there can or they're, they're considering it I mean it's close to being uh, passed. And but they're going to destroy a whole industry in the in the Hudson Valley, which is a depressed mm. area, mostly with immigrants who are, are, are providing this farming uh, farming work. And they're just going to crush that industry. So, they're, they're, so their their virtue signaling in New York City is going to affect the people that they want to virtue signal to the most.
0: I have to tell you something. I uh, I was looking for that story that I had found earlier about uh, acetaminophen being a carcinogen. It's gone. What? Yep, it's not on the uh, on, on Newsers page anymore. Where did it go since this morning? Why did it disappear since this morning? Was there money made somehow?
1: Yeah. It, it, I, uh, th- those, I know, those things, unless there's 30 or 40 studies that say this is a bad thing, pff, I just sort of ignore it.
4: Cetaminophen is <laughs> yeah. probably one of the most studied substances in the world. So. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, it's so widely used that, you know, they just, there's no shortage of data. You get millions and millions of data points.
2: I don't know much about this, but I know I have heard that some people won't give it to their kids after they get vaccines to lower fevers because there's potentially a link between the MTHFR gene mutation and acetaminophen reactions after vaccines or something i don't well, know. vaccines
1: don't give you gene mutations
2: no if you have the gene mutation and you get a vaccine and then you're given tylenol it can like cause Did your
1: pediatrician say that
2: issues no i okay. don't know i have a friend that researches <laughs> vaccines a ton and i don't know she's and i've heard i've heard from multiple people that they don't give
1: is she a physician acetaminophen or a after. professor no,
2: I. Th- I'm just saying that I have heard this. I'm not saying that she's right. I'm not saying that I'm she's a genius. genius. I'm just or saying that that's even what I've have heard. Have any
1: ability to make that? I, 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 I guess. Tylenol like you said has been researched extensively it does trash your liver if you take too much it of sure it does. and with the, no one everybody knows that and, and maybe people that are taking chronically and they're trashing their liver they have a higher incidence of hepatic cancer I can see that but that's kind of a result of their chronic inflammatory process in their liver alcohol does that right. other drugs do that as well um, you know or just hepatitis can do that so you know I'm not
4: apparently you know, too I'm reading, concerned there's an article on the NIH here so that's better. Uh, apparently they're worried about immune blunting. So basically, you get the vaccine, you take Tylenol, and then your immune system, yeah, instead of adapting to the vaccine, you know, it doesn't handle it right because it's yeah. suppressed so, slightly.
1: Oh, so you don't take it after you, right after you have the vaccine, but once you've had the vaccine, <laughs> you drop the immuno immuno. Right. Competence or that you're looking for, then you can take Tylenol.
4: But and there's also the evidence of it happening is weak. Like, there's no oh, really? evidence prior to 2009 that it's ever happened. And since then, there's been a couple studies that say that it might, but it's still like it could be a million things, just like every study. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, don't take it right after you get the vaccine, take Motrin.
4: Yeah, Yeah, that's
2: what, uh, look, I have, I know people that, yeah, they don't give their kids Motrin, they just give them, I mean, Tylenol, they just give them Motrin because of whatever, I don't know. Too bad we don't have the pediatrician back on.
0: Don't you think it would be a much better idea like when I was a kid when they just blew out the pilot light and held the kid's face over it and put them to sleep? What do
4: you think? (laughs) Explain so much. Well, in a semi-related note. um,
0: I'm reading the Prop 65 list.
4: Methane. You'll never guess what you shouldn't breathe in. Mustard gas. What? Oh, that's no. on there? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, thank goodness really? they put that on there. I know. It's like, oh, why even I love list mustard gas? Why even list mustard gas as something that you should stay away from? Is, sarin, is sarin on there? I honestly, it <laughs> probably is. Let's see. Uh, probably. Oh, sarin's no, sarin. okay. Don't, well, it doesn't cause cancer.
1: Oh, thank goodness. But so you can breathe was like
4: a nerve agent or something, yeah. I think. No, you're not. No, well, saccharin used to give you cancer. doesn't anymore. It was it
1: saccharin? I thought it was cyclamates. No, not
4: anymore.
1: Was it saccharin or cyclamates?
4: Well, saccharin is And it was cyclamates, too. It was both. Cyclamates. I wonder if they're still on there. Uh, cyclophosphamides on there, but I don't see any cyclamates. No, there's
1: every chem- every thing that you have or eat probably has exposed they sh- they're going to start putting on all cans so they just sh- like you put on all snacks uh, this was prepared in a factory
0: that may mm-hmm. have had peanuts oh, oh no! God, yeah yeah i know it's pretty amazing oh, yeah. Yeah. it is too bad yeah that's like one of real... those
4: things that there's so much inform misinformation about there and it makes me wonder why like, where did the myth that breathing in the smell of peanuts can cause anaphylaxis come from? Because it's not true, and it's harmful as hell, and yet someone must have made it up.
1: Yeah, someone's made, made that up. We, we when we came back uh, from the Caribbean, we got on the flight, and they said, we have someone on board who has an extreme allergy to nuts. So we ask you not to open any nuts, not to eat any nuts. We will not be serving nuts. There'll be no peanuts on this flight. Now, that plane has been serving peanuts for years. Has been serving nuts for years. There is dust. There's pieces of peanuts. every year. Pull up the seat. There's probably 30 Mm -hmm. peanuts underneath every seat. And all the snacks they were serving, if you look on the label, say, oh, this was made in a factory that may have had peanuts. So... I don't know. If you're traveling and you have that thing, you have a, an allergy like that, have your EpiPen with you in case there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if
4: your allergy is yeah, that, that, that bad, yeah, just have an EpiPen on you. It's a good idea.
0: Okay. You guys ever eat KFC anymore? Anyone eat KFC? Not any. I would,
4: it's
1: great.
0: No. I like it, but, yeah, I just, you I don't know. Never. I haven't. You just don't all. do it. How about would you eat KFC in Australia? I'm Wouldn't guessing there's a the
1: reason not yeah. to. Are they are they there's sneaking in kangaroo?
0: <laughs> I don't know, maybe. No, apparently <clears throat> KFC has apologized over a sexist ad released in oh, Australia showing two young boys gaping at a woman in a low-cut top. The woman is seen adjusting her top while looking at her reflection in the tinted window of a parked car, which suddenly slides down to show the boys gawking alongside a female driver who looks disapproving. The woman who looks embarrassed soon provides a distraction. Did somebody say KFC, she says? While well, some said the 15-second ad for KFC's Zinger Popcorn Box was brilliant, a rep for Collective Shout, a group that campaigns against the objectification of women, labeled it harmful. I'm sure did. So, how... Ha- how is that harmful?
1: Yeah. When a, when a woman wears something that is revealing or fitted, you know, uh, why are you wearing that? I mean, th- th- you're not wearing it for, for, for your girlfriends mm-hmm. because they don't really care or they're not supposed to care. You know, most of the women who care for other women, that's not a big focus of theirs as well. That's true. So the only people that are going to be looking at you or concerned with your dress are guys. Mm-hmm. So
0: and and yeah, these are young boys. So young boys are trying to figure out who the hell they are and what the hell they are. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's harmful.
1: Yeah, it, if, they, if it would have been Harvey Weinstein esque kind of people looking at him, well, yeah, leering at yeah, her, and yeah. blah blah blah, and she was trying to get an acting part. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, but I don't know. I,
4: I you know, is this is the media giving attention to loud stupid
0: people
1: yeah that you know that's they portrayed it it in the the way that it's going to happen in the real world so
0: yeah it makes sense i will tell you what the comments on that story really really run against uh any idea that those kids did anything wrong uh the very existence of our species literally depends on sexualization uh, another yeah. comment, they apologize for an ad depicting normal age-appropriate behavior, which is what we just talked about. Yep. These are young boys. They're trying to figure out who the hell and what the hell they are. Uh, do they take offense to Instagram models as well? Yeah, probably not. They probably mm. don't take a, a offense to that. That's empowering. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh Give me a break. You have the model hanger breasts out there, and then you are sorry that the boys stared. Advertisers use breasts all the time to sell their products. It's disingenuous to act like it was never what was intended, that the boy shouldn't look. Why do you think girls and women put that cleavage out there for air conditioning? Yes. Do and you do it for air conditioning? And I do.
1: And, wh- yeah. and, wh- <laughs> and why are so many uh, weather persons are these women that are ver- that are. That are very shapely, wearing absolute <laughs> fitted clothes, standing in front of that blue screen or green screen, you know, giving you the weather. Why yeah. do you think that is? There's no no accident that that's a, that's not that's not objectification. That, that that's even worse because they're that's how that's their job that they're using that just so people watch the weather. No, that, this true. is nonsense. Absolute nonsense.
0: Uncle John, I'll do, the last comment I'll read is from Uncle John. You ready? Let's go, to Uncle John. It is the height of oppressing males to try and tell us where our biologically driven eyes can and cannot look. At least one of the boys didn't try to swipe his credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That's
1: a Bobby Slayton line.
0: That is a Bobby Slayton line, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what that is. Yeah, I, I think humans still have to be human, and to project your... Adult attitude on a little couple of little boys is very bizarre. To me.
1: Yeah. What, what if a what if a young boy what if a young boy uh, doesn't like girls? Really is attracted to men. And what right. if a what if a, a guy were to get out of a car with really tight clothes on, showing you know really showing his obvious manliness and, and tight on his buttocks? Don't you think that young boy is going to look at that? That's a well, normal. That's a normal g- thing. Normal. It is. So. Yeah.
0: One thing that fits into that, I saw a picture yesterday, and I was talking about this. Uh, It shows two NFL players, and they're standing there in front of the camera, and their pants are so tight. Yeah. And I mean so tight, you can see where the schwanz begins and ends. (laughs) Holy God. I mean, these pants are so tight. You can see their entire, the scrotum. you can see everything.
1: Yeah, well, the, and, and they
0: do it for a reason.
1: And I've had I've had uh, one gay guy tell me that professional football is a homoerotic experience for them. They right. love to watch it because. They, all, ex-
0: yep.
4: Like foxy boxing. <laughs> like what's <laughs> what?
0: foxy boxing? What is that?
4: It's a very short-lived phenomenon where it, they basically just have girls play boxing. Oh, okay.
0: Well, who want, Why would you watch that? I don't. Know. Oh, no, can't fight. Yeah, fight. We Basically. will take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutrimost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's Resolution Sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. 763-333-7337. Yeah okay, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> Yoko.
1: Yoko. Where is she anyhow? What is she she just using, uh, enjoying the estate money or wh- where is Yoko?
4: I Believe she might be.
0: Now what happened to I'm her? Sure she's
4: well she's kind not of oh
2: she still says random down. stupid shit mm-hmm. from time to time. She's not
4: young. Kind of negative. She's eighty six years old, Yoko's so she's probably eighty six. Yeah, probably not super active. Regardless. What?
1: How old yeah. six? How
2: old's Paul, McC- Paul How, McCartney? Yeah. How old would John Lennon be? Was she older than
4: John? John Lennon McCart- was born seven years after her. So he would have been oh. seventy-nine. Yeah,
0: so yeah. she was older than. I didn't than realize that wow. she was
2: that much older than him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah seven
0: years. Huh. There, you there you go, ladies and gentlemen. How
2: progressive um, naturally.
0: Mm-hmm. We were talking about that Greta Thunberg thing earlier oh about uh, you know, we're all I'm gonna die in about eight years. Greta Thunberg. No, yeah, well, she's, she's. You want me to run the show? Would you <laughs> no, do that? No,
2: I don't. I would, as a matter of
0: fact. Okay, we'll take it over. I, I wouldn't talk Funberg ever. Well, People Magazine, People with Money just named her the highest-paid activist. I'm what? sure she is. Oh, you're kidding, oh, Goody. I don't
4: doubt it so, at all.
0: You yeah, know. I I just, it's always about money. Everything is always about money now. Isn't that amazing? As if
4: there was ever any other option as to what it was. Well, I suppose you're right. Yeah, so her
1: parents saw this, and they Mm -hmm. ran with it. They took this disturbed child and used her as a tool to make money. Yep.
0: Surprise. It kind of looks like it. It kind of looks like it. I don't know how else you could describe it, right? Right. I mean, it's... uh, Uh, it's that, it's, well, never mind. Whatever. But it's just a situation where, where it's, uh, you would hope that somebody's heart is in it instead of out for the money. It would be nice if somebody's heart was in it. You know, when When
1: when you look at her, she has, uh, Asperger's and ocd mm-hmm. and that really right. is kind of an acid combination mm-hmm. with regards to your emotions and your fears and things like that
4: very suggestible
1: and you know to say eight years you know and she she doesn't know poor thing she doesn't know she's you know right. she just grabbing well, it out.
2: like to put somebody with asperger's in front of a giant audience to speak wouldn't that be like the most overwhelming thing yep. for them yep That's, like, a huge trigger for stress for anybody on the spectrum.
4: Well, that's why she almost (laughs) immediately just starts yelling and crying.
2: Yeah, it's just, like, that's, it's, yeah, it seems almost.
4: Exploitative? Yeah. It's very Mm. exploitative.
2: Well, no, it seems almost, um, oh, my gosh, why can't, abuse, not abusive.
1: Yeah, it's abusive. It's, it's instead of taking your yeah, child it, and trying it, to it, protect it, them and putting the them in a it, yeah. controlled environment where they can be safe and they can minimize their stress and and trauma, you know, emotional trauma throughout the day, they've put her out out to get that money.
4: Yeah. And it's like why, you know, she's going around speaking, but you know, there's no charity involved. There's no like, you know, here's a solution. Is she she
2: putting any money toward anything? Like, is she, you know, like, all my profits go to Greenpeace? Like, is there... That's
0: a good question. I Um, um, didn't say anything about that. Let's see. uh, Yeah, because it's like she's making all this money.
2: But, yeah, it's not like she's speaking at things where it's... I mean, okay, go in front of a bunch of people and scream at them about climate change. But, like, what actual difference is she making?
0: Yep. There must
2: be a charity involved that she's—you'd hope—getting money for. No.
0: She's at the Davos, the Davos uh, meeting, so I'm sure she was paid to be there. I would imagine Donald Trump's there, she's there, so you know, I don't know. There's there's money out there somewhere, but that's too bad that she would use your daughter. To do something like that and i, I guess it's successful because a lot of people are big i got nothing against greta thunberg you know she's a 17 year old kid i remember when i was 17 years old i always had some wild ass ideas myself i know that's hard to believe but um <laughs> you know no i just i just think once again the parents shoved her out there and this is what we got and that it just, that bothers me
1: yeah well i, I agree i mean it, it, she's she's a disturbed child and it's terrible And uh, but you no know, she's out there and boy people just can't get enough of her uh, rhetoric And you know, but just get her over to China so maybe them to listen and yeah, and get, China. get her into India and all those places and Mexico, reduce those coal power plants as much as we can we don't want to have nuclear power God knows because then that would that, I don't know what that would do to us it would all die because of that so it's a lose lose situation for everybody
0: it kind of seems like it anyway it is all lose lose mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but uh, uh, by the way, I was looking just now and, and I couldn't really find anything that gives her net worth because she's only 17, so they probably can't give you her net worth.
2: Yeah. It's um, not public. So it
0: depends on what money. What right. about her parents? Yeah, how about her parents? Does mm. it say how much they're worth? Because I don't have any. Well, idea.
2: but the money's probably in her name, but they can do with it what they want to because she's a minor.
0: Yeah, probably. yeah,
1: Yeah, because there's no Jackie probably. Coogan laws. Yeah. Yeah, no Jackie Coogan lost for her, so. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: Jackie Coogan, that must have been a a, oh. dif- a difficult time for the family. No, I'd you know say. To, hey. Oh, horrible. Uh, Ralph's talking about an actor back in the what was I think like the '30s and '40s. Yep. He was?
1: I very, don't remember. T- very
0: popular, made no, tons, of, tons
1: of money at the time. His family squandered it or spent right. it all, and he make, was sort of all, left yeah. almost penniless uh, as he became an adult. And as a result, there are a number of laws that were enacted in California called the Jackie Coogan laws, and those laws in, uh, right. insist that child actors, their profits, go into an irrever- irrevocable trust that is released when they are 18 or when they're emancipated. So... Um, Yeah, or 21. I forget the exact age, but that's that's what happened. Both Josh and Ashley's stuff went into that too. Didn't
2: that happen to one of the Partridge family kids?
1: Like their parents, like they
2: were like, "Oh, you get all your money when you're 18," and then by the time he turned 18, there was no money left. They emancipated the the kid. (laughs)
1: They emancipated the kid because those laws were in effect for the Partridge family. So they emancipated him, got access to the money. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) well, your it, acting coach was at least a million a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, that's right. That's exactly where the where the parents are the managers and the agents yeah. and the mm-hmm. coaches. And, and it's just, they just take all this money and mm-hmm. sure. spend it, squander it. Don't leave it for the kid. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, use your kid. That's why you the have kid. them. Oh, I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> Is that allowed? What? If I can't make you work the fields, I'll make you work somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
0: I guess it's true, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I know. I guess it's probably true. But I I, I just – see, that just made me very sad because the kid does have some difficulty. I know. You know, the whole situation. And the one thing I would say, she talks about, you know, taking the train here and she had to sit on the floor and that was a lie. Uh, You know, she had this, that, and the other thing. She she was actually in first class and tried to claim she was – she and her baggage were sitting in the aisle, which they'd never allow on a train, I wouldn't think. No. no, it's it's not Maybe safe. in
2: India. India you could.
0: In yeah, India you can,
4: could. China, you know, perhaps. Right on the top.
2: Yeah, whatever. whatever. Exactly.
0: So, so she rode first class in the train? That's what I understand, yeah. Well, but, but here's my question for you. Is there a conveyance out there? That doesn't create heat, because heat is no. the problem. C- it's CO2. literally
4: impossible to move an object in any way That's what I thought. creating entropy. That's yeah. just how the universe so, works. Yeah.
0: The CO2 thing, uh, what is it, like carbon emissions or whatever it is, is that correct? Yeah. But,
4: yeah.
0: Isn't, that, isn't that what you breathe out when you exhale, CO2? Yep. It is. Okay, so you should kill all 8 billion people on Earth then, because... What they're talking about, I don't know how you... You can't just decide to take a boat because it's better than a plane because it really isn't, and here's the reason, folks. Once again, the math was left behind. I can fly to Europe in seven hours, or I can take a boat, which will take three weeks, which do you think will burn, you know, the least amount of fuel?
4: I think boats are the least efficient method of transport. That's correct cuz it takes so long it is well i mean you're talking about water is so you know thick that the miles yeah. per gallon that a boat gets actually that's a good question you know, like and, boat versus
1: plane and and really tom what this points to is uh, no one wants to do the co2 spreadsheets no. So no one wants to no, say, no. okay, now, uh, Elon Musk, you're making this car, you're making this Tesla car, and it's an, an electric vehicle, it gets a great mileage uh, based on a carbon footprint. But no one talks about That's how correct. much it costs to make that car, make that batteries, mine that lithium, all those sort of things. No one wants to do that in a comparative way to because it's just w- so complex. Yet, you know, once you know that, it's conceivable that... Uh, it's conceivable that Elon, the Teslas are the worst thing in the world for uh, uh, pollution. Oh, yeah. That, that's possible. Oh, absolutely.
2: Well, that's, that's the problem with a lot of these things where it's like, oh, this is so good for the environment and we can do this. Like my cousin told me yesterday that there is a Nike subscription service for kids' shoes. You can get a new pair of kids' shoes every month and you can return what? Yeah. And you can return mm. the shoes that you had the previous month and they recycle them for you. And they're like, "Oh, you can recycle shoes and blah blah blah." It's great. Every and it's like every month. Every month. What? You can do it every month, every 3 months or twice a year. And you send the old shoes back and they recycle them and so they say it's eco-friendly or whatever, but it takes more energy to recycle a pair of yep. shoes than it does to make a new pair of shoes. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> The same same thing, you know, I I was I was I was critical of caribou for using styrofoam cups rather than paper cups. And I was and it was explained to me that the carbon footprint of a styrofoam cup is much less than a paper cup.
2: When you can't recycle you compare, paper, really? um, you can't recycle paper caribou cups in no. any way. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the, the whole point is those sort of things, you know, it doesn't have to do with recycling. It has to do with the fact the carbon footprint was lower. The, a, a professor of mine, when I was doing the, the wine uh, uh, courses, uh, was investigating organic farming of, of grapes compared to... Normal farming of grapes with the, pe- the pesticides, fungicides that are necessary. And when you compare the two, the carbon footprint really is, is maybe worse for the organic farming because you have to go through the fields with the tractor more frequently to do that. And when you do that, then you're compacting the soil. You have to go through the tractor again to loosen the soil so water doesn't drain off. I mean, you know, when no one wants to look at that spreadsheet.
4: That's the problem. Mm-hmm. No one's looking at that. It's a lot more – you have to look at a lot more information than just, you know, this puts out this much CO2 and this puts this much, so this one's got to be better. Yeah. Well, and like
2: I said last week or whatever, you know, you see – you go to Whole Foods and you see all these, you know, 5% of our proceeds go back to the planet, blah, 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 but every single thing they sell is covered in plastic. It's like – what? Okay. Your proceeds going back to the planet is great, but, like, every single thing you sell – has a plastic bag in it or on it or around it or whatever so like do something about that rather than giving money toward what, yeah but then again trees. if they don't use plastic then you get spoilage which makes you create more fruit. right well, but then there's and but and no there's different things that you can do for relevant. certain things I mean it's
1: Uh, The reason it's plastic is because of those reasons. It's for spoilers. No, that's the reason the plastic. Well, no, I know
2: that it's not. But not every single thing that they sell, I'm saying, needs to be needs to be wrapped in plastic.
1: Well, not every single thing. The oranges aren't wrapped in plastic. They're sprayed with wax, but they're not know, wrapped in plastic.
2: A lot of fruit is wrapped in – like gro- Trader, the Joe's? The Trader, yeah. Joe's. So yeah. Trader Joe's. Trader that's Joe's. So much stuff is wrapped in That's why I don't stupid. go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Trader Joe's is filthy, and I don't go
1: there. don't go there. So much stuff plastic. at Trader Joe's is oh, wrapped I, in plastic. I'm sorry. That, that's an. We used to you know, when One of the first Trader Joe's that I, I was aware of was in uh, North Hollywood. We'd go to a sushi place next to it, and we'd frequently go across just across the street into Trader Joe's. And the first few times I went in, there, I looked around that place, and I thought it was just the filthiest place I'd ever seen. <laughs> now, <laughs> it, it was it was just dirty on the floor. You look in the corner; there was like stuff in the corner. You weren't quite certain whether it was yes. hair or you know An spoiled tomato. That's just, that's just
2: California. You know, that's <laughs> being California. Moral,
1: yeah. you know, I just got that's that impression there, and I really was averse to it. But the one now when you go to them they 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 t- typically aren't that way but I just got that impression no. when I went to that one in North Hollywood I've ugh, ugh. never got I knowledge. didn't want to go go to that.
4: Oh, a quick aside, dad asked this question a little bit earlier and I just looked it. Mm-hmm. up. Uh, worldwide in 2011, 14.4 billion tons of CO2 were produced by coal coal burning plants. Mhm. And 16.1 were produced by people breathing. There you go. So So we're going to kill all the people. An additional 1.5 billion pounds of CO2 were produced by humans breathing than all the coal plants on Earth. So if you're worried about CO2, really, really upset
2: about it, suicide's the only way out, well, a lot of a lot of very very diehard eco people are like the worst thing you can do for the planet is have kids
4: technically true yeah which is
2: technically true but yeah
4: all
0: right (laughs) that's a great point to wrap up the show give me my prozac give me my prozac (laughs) hand it over here gonna condemn children damn it all right we'll talk to you tomorrow with the family